This is the Rocky Road Podcast. Brought to you by Rockspile.com. Tie drive went high and deep right field. Get up and get out. Hayden done it. The Rockies win it. Blackman to third. Throw coming to the plate is not a time. And inside the park home run for Charlie Blackman. Davis's pitch. Strike three called. The Rockies are going to the postseason. Drive to left field. Larry Walker. I was told I needed to do a podcast and despite my ambitions and my thoughts for the way my Friday night which was gonna go all right I'm up here in Fort Collins don't watch many games up here in Fort Collins don't hang out much in Fort Collins I'm gonna see some friends that I have up in Fort Collins the rear friends I have that go to CSU Rockies are up at the bar, have a nice drink, watch the Rockies finish up their win, head out. I think that was the plan down at Coors Field, right? It was relax, watch the Rockies finish this up, no big deal, we'll get on with our Friday night. But boy, boy was there a wrench thrown into that one. My God. I think the last time you heard me the way you're about to hear me was the Sunday loss against the Texas Rangers last year, which just so happens to be the last time I was in Fort Collins. Who am I? I'm Jake Shapiro. You can read me on rockspal.com, the Associated Press, Denver Post, all those places, whatever, but this is where you want to hear me because this is unencumbered. This is my podcast. And I've got my play-by-play partner from the Boulder Collegians, Ethan Jordan, to my right, and I'm going to try and get him to chime in a little bit. But I think you all know that listen to this, that there ain't going to be much room for anyone to share their opinions because my opinions are going to be pretty, pretty hot on this one. So what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about, what was it, 13 unanswered runs? 14 unanswered runs? It was 13 unanswered runs. Scored by the San Diego Padres, which I was pretty sure forgot how to win baseball games this month. But it helps when you run into the Rockies' bullpen. And it's funny because Ethan actually says to me, he goes, yeah, I knew we were done. I knew we were done as soon as they show the graphic. As soon as they showed the graphic of how good the Rockies' bullpen has been over the last few months. And it's funny because the Rockies' bullpen had been good by ERA, by whip. But the peripherals, the strikeouts, the walks, the hard hit rates, the ground ball rate, not good. And that's the problem. And you knew it was going to correct itself at some point. And I've talked about it on this podcast, how the Rockies were going to run into not just one month, or not just one game or one week, but a month probably worth of just terrible bullpenning. And I don't know if that starts today, but I can't say that I'm surprised, which is kind of surprising in itself, 
when your baseball team loses a game that it's supposed to win 303, that it only is supposed to lose one out of every 333 times, literally by win probability. This is fair to say that this loss was one in a thousand. And while that Texas loss was befuddling in the way of you're up five runs, you score eight runs over the last four innings and you lose, this loss was befuddling in the classic way of how does your bullpen do that? And was it mismanagement? Was it poor execution? And, and the answer is going to be everything. The question at some point is going to have to become, will Scott Oberg become the closer slash should Scott Oberg become the closer? But I don't think that's the question tonight. Because the problem hasn't been Scott Oberg, right? The problem all year hasn't been Scott Oberg. The problem last year wasn't Scott Oberg beside for April. The problem is, what else is there besides Scott Oberg? And you might be saying this is a bit of an overreaction considering how well the Rockies' bullpen has pitched. But like I said, I think we were all expecting this at some point, and Wade Davis has continued to look not great in his Rockies tenure and his one year with the Cubs. Yeah, while the stats might bear that he was great, it seemed like every time there was a possibility for him to walk a batter, he did it. And the walk rate just keeps going up over the course of his later career. And again, Wade Davis is probably the second best pitcher in that Rockies bullpen. So you look around, you look at Yairo Diaz tonight, you look at Chad Bettis tonight, you look at Mike Dunn, which, all right, let's talk about Ian Desmond as a bad contract. That's fine. We all know that. $70 million, five years for who's been arguably the worst player in baseball over the last 14, 15 months. Let's look at right now with Mike Dunn. Right? How about Mike Dunn? $27 million for the last three years. And I'm not sure what positive contributions he's offered. Do you know? Because at least Boone Logan had the last year, right, where he was positive. But there's not many positives to look for in this Rockies bullpen. And, you know, when they're cutting guys like Chris Russ and legitimately getting rid of them, to open spots up for guys like Mike Dunn. You have to question the lack of depth in this bullpen, and it goes back to something I've talked about time and time again. Jeff Reitich has done a really good job in many different areas. One thing that the Rockies have completely failed to do over the last few years outside of Scott Oberg is develop a homegrown reliever. Yairo Diaz has gotten close a couple times. Carlos Estevez has come close to being a success story a couple times. But no one has been a, a successful reliever that's come through the Rockies farm system, and that's costing you millions and millions of dollars a year. And those millions and millions of dollars a year aren't even being spent correctly because it's on guys that have continued to fail. So while the team that we look at with the Rockies this year, when we started entering this year, we go, okay, this is going to be a problem with the offense. Maybe they've got the, the lineup length now, but can they sustain injuries? Will they overcome the lack of depth? Those questions have been answered. It's They can't overcome injuries, but they have length, and they're a really good lineup when they're healthy. I don't know if really good is the right word, but above average, and it's the first time we've seen an above average lineup in the Rockies the last three or four years. But again, it's the bullpen, and it's funny because last year the bullpen struggled at times, right? But the starters threw the most innings in baseball. So that wasn't that much of a problem. This year, the starters have been a train wreck. 
and it starts tonight. Jeff Hoffman had a a good game for Jeff Hoffman. It was a solid game for anyone else, but a good game for Jeff Hoffman. The problem is five innings, no matter how many runs you allow, and one run is fine over five innings, five innings is just not enough for this bullpen. You need to find a way to get into the seventh as a starter with the Rockies, and that's a lot of pressure. So I don't know. I, I want to put the headphones on Ethan and just hear what he's got to say real quick because uh, I watched the game with him, and obviously, you know, Ethan grew up a Rockies fan. I didn't, uh, and he also has this broadcasting thing, so he has reasonable takes. Uh, follow Ethan on Twitter as well, Ethan Jordan underscore seven, or Ethan underscore Jordan seven. You, you tell him, Ethan. You were so close. Ethan underscore Jordan nine. It's, it's the beers here at Crazy Carl's in Fort Collins. Yeah, we're here at Crazy Carl's. He, Jake just said it's the beers. You, you, you were going to get a raspberry beer. What did you get instead, Jake? Got something by Odell. One in Rome. One in Rome. Get an Odell. But I need to change that Twitter handle. I, I want at eJordan9, but it's been taken by someone who hasn't used Twitter since 2010. So, But I digress. You just talked about Jeff Hoffman, and I was just looking down the box score for the pitchers, and that is the number that jumped out at me. Five innings pitched for Jeff Hoffman, which because it's Jeff Hoffman, we're like, great, he didn't give up seven runs. He did something right. But it, it goes back to we talked about how this bullpen just hasn't performed this year or last year, and it's the starters. They're not doing anything, man. They're, they're not getting deep into ball games consistently. And I think it's that word consistently that has been ultimately the problem for the Rockies starters, and because of that, the Rockies bullpen. When you look at a guy like Antonio Senzatella, one night he comes out and he's electric. He's got his stuff. This is the guy that we, the Rockies front office saw coming up through the system and said, this is gonna be a, this, he's going to be a guy. And then the next outing, he, he's terrible. And then Herman Marquez even, who with Freeland down to AAA, he's the ace. One night he's the best pitcher in baseball, strikes out everybody he faces, it seems. Then the next night he gets shelled. It's that lack of consistency, and then when the starters are poor, the bullpen comes in, throws a lot of innings, and they're gassed. This bullpen, going back to last year, is gassed. I, I, Wade Davis is at the end of his career. Let's be honest. He's, age, he's an aging guy. He can't be throwing this many innings. He can't be. It's just it's too much on him, I think. And You said it earlier. Who else are you going to bring in? So one of the things I think you're talking about, Ethan, that has a lot of validation is something we actually just saw with the Golden State Warriors. And that is the Rockies went out and did something rather smart. They went out and got a bunch of relievers who were proven and had successful track records. Well, the thing about guys that are proven and have successful track records is they also were used a lot in their prior locations, specifically with Brian Shaw and Wade Davis. They had been used an extra month almost every single one of the last five years they've pitched. That wears on you really, it starts to wear on you really, really quickly. And the difference between being on a, a, a reliever, a really good reliever on a team that doesn't compete and the reliever on the team that makes to the World Series is you're put in positions as a reliever that makes it into the postseason that you're probably uncomfortable with and you're going extra innings and stuff like that. Whereas when you don't 
compete down the stretch, the last two weeks of the season you really start to take off. So the amount of stress on this bullpen is not just this year. It's something that has been considerable over the amount of time of the last few years. But I want, I want to go here because, you know, a lot of people have always said that, you know, I, I overreact and I'm reactionary and, and stuff like that. But, you know, if you, you look at the statistics, some of these have been coming for a while. And, and what I'll tell you as a fan that is upset sitting at home tonight that has been begging me to do my podcast and my mentions, I'm not going to temper and say that the Rockies are fine and they're going to win the NL West and win 95 games. Because I think anyone with a pair of eyes can tell you that this Rockies team has flawed problems, even if they are winning nine out of every ten games at home or whatever they've been doing here recently. The fact is, and I talked about this on my last podcast, they're so far behind in the division that it shouldn't be even a consideration. But if your season's going to come down to nine games, or to nine innings, rather, it's going to come down to nine innings. At the very best, it's going to come down to nine innings on October 2nd. We keep talking about how the Rockies are poor in starting pitching. I agree that they need, they need somebody. But I wouldn't say they need an ace. They need someone that can eat some innings, a third or a fourth. Because you need Marquez or Freeland to step up and be that ace, or even John Gray. And the reason is, why go out and acquire Marcus Stroman or Chris Archer when they're probably not even going to pitch in that one nine-inning game. What you should do is absolutely overpower that bullpen and make it look like Milwaukee's bullpen from last year. The issue is their bullpen is so far from that that the assets they would need to acquire guys to get their bullpen up to that level is almost comparable to getting a star-level pitcher for a single year. So I, I've, I've got a lot of big scaries with this Rockies team, and I don't think that, hey, it's only one game, it's temper your, your emotions is the correct response to all this. I think it's okay to be visceral. I think it's okay to be a fan. I think it's okay to be upset, especially when the makings of this team look flawed in some way that doesn't fit with the overall direction of this team and meaning yeah it's great if they think they're going to win the division and they're set up this way but the fact of the matter is they're probably going to play nine innings and are going to be home for one playoff game again in, in a best case scenario so what do you got Ethan? As much as I would like to say let's go out let's let's acquire every bullpen piece on the market that we that the Rockies possibly can have them do that because the season comes down to nine innings. You got to get there first. And right now, that is the concern for me is I don't think they can get there. I don't think this is a wild card team. Not in a league that has Chicago and Philadelphia as the two teams in the wild card right now. Oh, by the way, St. Louis is still out there. They have Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, they haven't performed to their level yet. It's June. Just wait and see. The Cardinals do it every year. They're always in it. Heck, the Nationals and the Mets are hanging around too. It's not an easy road to the wild card anymore. And as much as I'd like to focus on that game and say, how can we win that wild card game? I don't think this team is equipped to get there. And part of it is that bullpen. They're, the bullpen is so far gone. 
due to the bullpen or the starters, whatever reason you want to give for it, it's not there. The starting pitching isn't there. The offensive depth is getting better, but it's still not there. The National League got a lot better this year, and the Rockies didn't. That's the simple fact of the matter, is there are multiple teams in the National League that are significantly better than they were a year ago. Are the Rockies better than they were a year ago at this point in time? No. On paper, were they? Maybe a little bit, but not as much. They, weren't, they didn't get better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals got a lot better than the Rockies did. The Braves, they continue to progress. They've got every prospect you can name. They just continue to grow and grow and grow. Phil Philadelphia, they got a lot better. They added Harper, sure, but they also added JT Realmuto. They also added pieces to that bullpen. Every, all these teams that the Rockies are competing with for that wild card got better. The Rockies, in reality, with Kyle Freeland down in AAA and other pieces not working as planned, they've gotten worse. So I, I think that's ultimately, ultimately the issue. But like I said, it's June. Is it time to overreact? It's getting there. I mean, we can't say it's April. We can't say it's May anymore. And even when they are playing quality baseball at some level, because they have been winning games recently. This isn't like the beginning of the year in April, in which they couldn't win a game to save their lives. They still find themselves behind in these wild card races because guess what? The Braves are winning baseball games. Philadelphia is going to win baseball games. The Cubs are going to win baseball games. I just don't think this team's equipped to even get to a wild card game recipe for success with any Rockies club over the course of history has always been win 41 road games, go 500 on the road, and win 50 home games, and that's 90 wins. And those are the best seasons in Rockies history, are 91 wins. And you really have to wonder whether it's a question of altitude, mid-marketness, or the Dodgers being so historically a powerhouse slash the Giants that the Rockies have never even gotten above that mark. Whether they're playing at a disadvantage that's impossible to overcome. Because this is, last year at the end of the year was by far the best talent the Rockies have ever had on one team. The differences between last year at the end of the year and right now, you swapped out DJ's mitt and average for Daniel Murphy's slugging percentage essentially, which again, I think that's a fair swap, that's fine. But with regression, you've gotten worse. And you're counting on David Dahl and Ryan McMahon, who've been fine. But the guys that you've called up, and I talked about this when Freeland went, went down to AAA. You are counting on Peter Lampert as a rookie to be a good to great starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. That is an unfair expectation. This year was supposed to be whatever Peter Lampert gives you at the Major League level is a bonus because he's here at this point and that's a success. Now you're counting on Peter Lampert and Brendan Rodgers to get big starts and big at-bats? That scares me. It shows a lack of depth. It shows to me that the Rockies have, if they've not pushed the panic button, they've come close. Because they've played all their cards. There are no cards left to play for the Rockies besides trading pieces in their farm system for big names. Which, 
they've continued not to do over the course of their time with Jeff Bradich as a general manager because he says that he does not want to max out a single year and go for a win in one single year, and rather he wants to keep a continually consistent window. So do you think they're going to trade Colton Welker? No, they're not going to trade any top five prospect, and that's what it's going to take if you really want an impact player right now. So the Rockies, again, I believe they're in a really tough spot because they put themselves behind the eight ball from day one in the season. And have they been on a 95 to 100 win pace since? Yeah, they have been. They've been, they've been solid since. But you need to do that consistently, and that's where a game like tonight shows me that this team is capable of collapse just, if not, just as much, if not more, than they are capable of rallying. This team is not consistent to me, and that's why it's scary because you do not count on the starting pitching every three out of five days like you did last year. You don't count on Kyle. Kyle Freeland literally got a win almost every single start besides one or two from the month of May on last year. You could count on something to stop the losing streaks. We saw a big losing streak already this Rocky season, and there was nothing to stop it. To me, this is a team that is fine to play at Coors Field with the way they were built. But Jeff Bradich always wanted to do more, and he was counting on defense and pitching, and that's what they were going to be propelled on on the road. And last year's Rocky team, Rocky team really wasn't a great home team. It was a great road team. And this team does not look like it's constructed the same way. It doesn't look like it plays the same way. I mean, how much better can Trevor Story really get to propel you to the next level? Nolan Arenado is what he's going to be at this point. Can Charlie Blackman get back to his near-MVP ways? I mean, all of these questions are born more out of hope than they are reliable analysis and consistent number study. All that stuff will tell you is the Rockies are in a really, really bad spot. And it's funny because... Hey, you look at last year, and there were a 3%, 4% chance to make the playoffs after that loss on Sunday night to the Rangers. Now they're at about 20%. And you're saying, okay, well, Jake, they had that loss, and they still made the playoffs. But again, it's something I talked about in my last podcast. Is the best-case scenario being a nine-inning game that could go either way with a road playoff series that goes five games really a success anymore? And in Rocky's history, that is a success. But is it a success to you, the fan? And I would say no, because this was supposed to be a building year, and they were so close to the division and all that stuff. And we all know that they really didn't do enough in the offseason to overcome the gap between them and the Dodgers that was not shown in the standings last year but was regularly shown on paper. But I just... I really struggle to analyze this team in a lot of ways because I think a lot of us are sitting here going, this is boring. We're seeing some of the same old Rocky stuff. There aren't that many interesting storylines. The personalities are still there, but one question remains, and that question isn't going to become answered until October, if they even get there. So we're just sitting here waiting in a holding pattern, and none of it's that interesting. And then you have a loss like tonight that gets you into it in a way because you're so frustrated even though they've won a lot of games lately. So even the analysis from me can be poor at times. Because again, they went 9-1 on that last homestand. And I'm not going to be the guy that goes, oh, they should have beaten the Blue Jays and Orioles and all those teams. 
you're playing yourself in baseball, there just happens to be an opponent, is the, the theory I subscribe to. Very rarely do you see two, good te or two teams play good baseball on the same day. But I look at the Rockies, and way more times than not, this year I don't think they play good baseball. And even on a night when their offense looks the way they do, and it's weird to say this, why didn't they score at all in the eighth, ninth, third? I mean, they had, run, they had, they had base runners. They couldn't score in the, the seventh, eighth, or ninth. And I'm not going to blame the loss on the offense when they score 12 runs, but it's that consistency piece. And you know that game's going sideways at Coors Field. You just do. As soon as it got back to 11-5, to you had a feeling that it was going that way. I mean, everyone knew in their right mind when Wade Davis entered that game that this was far from over. That's the ballpark. That's the conditions you play within. And that's why this team was built to succeed on the road more than it was home because their road factors are somehow more easily controllable than the ones at home. So when you sit there really mad tonight looking at this Rockies loss and you're questioning just about everything, I think there are fair questions to be answered or asked like, is Scott Oberg ready to be the closer? Which I tell you, he's the best reliever on the team, but I don't think he should be the closer. And that's because Wade Davis needs that. And Scott Oberg can function as a setup man, and I don't know that it could be the other way around. And you might say that's stupid, but I'd tell you, that's baseball, and Buddy Black would tell you the same thing, but that's just how the, the dynamics of a locker room work. Wade Davis needs that closer title next to his name, at least now at this point in his career. Questions like, is this bullpen even capable of getting us through the rest of the summer, which I'd answer no. And then what next? And I think the Rockies failed when they didn't take flyers on a bunch of minor league guys. Look at what the Cubs have in Steve Ciszek over there. Every team in baseball has one of those pretty much, except for the Rockies. Their one was Chris Russ and he's gone. Look at how good, what's his name from the Rangers that's in the, with the Giants now has been. It's waved a few years ago. Gave up the home run to Batista. Angry white dude, anyway. <laughs> I think his first name is Sam. I don't know. Y'all get the point. They didn't do these things. They didn't put themselves in the best position to succeed. And as leadership, that's all you're asking of yourself to do to your players is put your players in the best position to succeed. And I think the Rockies are up against a wall that is nearly unscalable this year. And they have been since day one. And they put themselves behind even that eight ball. And I hate to be negative guy. I really do. Because I was the same person telling you to fall in love with the club last year. And they would reward you. But I can't honestly say this season has captivated me as a baseball fan. This is so exciting. Even that 10-game homestand with a bunch of walk-offs. Did any of it really blow you away? Did any of it capture your imagination as a baseball fan? And my answer is no. something really interesting that I'm covering with the Rapids even. And they're terrible. Like, their record was terrible. And they've been a little bit better lately, but 
It's they try to play an exciting brand of soccer, whether that ends in a win or a loss, because they want their fans to be there. And I'm at the point with baseball, not just the Rockies, where I go, shouldn't you be playing an exciting brand of baseball for your fan base? And I think the Rockies do not. And one of the interesting things they do, which is play infield defense better than just about anyone in baseball, and they took a step back there this year when they let DJ go, is there's pretty much nothing more exciting in baseball consistently than a good infield defense. But there just are so few ground balls hit in baseball now that the chances for the excitement aren't there as much. So um, I will give, before I sign off, props to Ian Desmond for being really good over the last little bit. Uh, he looks like a different guy. We'll see if he can do it consistently because that's all baseball's about. Peter Lampert's been really good in his first two starts. But, you know, you're a team without Tyler Anderson and Kyle Freeland. Your two, two of your five starters are done for the year. or Well, done right now. Freeland we, we don't know about yet. But two of your five starters are done. So, in a way, can it really be that surprising that there's a lot of negativity around this ball club because a lot of teams won't survive two of their five starters down? And that's something we haven't seen over the last few years with the Rockies. Their starters have remained healthy. No matter what you think about Tyler Anderson. So, anyway, that's all I got for the Rocky Road Podcast. I do want to thank Ethan Jordan for joining me. You can tune into our broadcast, Boulder Collegiate Baseball, all year, including tomorrow. We've got a doubleheader. I'll actually be at the Rockies game, so he's got the game solo. Uh, me and him have the call Sunday, but you should follow Ethan. He's a local kid, goes to Arizona State University, and uh, I'd expect him to be someone you hear from more in the future. Anyways, I'm Jake Shapiro. You can follow me on Twitter at Chapalicious. Thank you for reading my writing, and thank you for – uh, really convincing me to do this podcast. I really do love doing it. And uh, thank you to Crazy Carls. And shout out to Justin Michael, who uh, is my friend, who has a lot of connections here for telling me to come here. So, uh, Fort Collins, you aren't that bad. Don't record that. Don't pretend I ever said that, even though it's technically recorded right now. And I will see you in 2020 right here for the Colorado, Colorado State Rocky Mountain Showdown at whatever field, Sunny Lubbock Field. Yeah, anyway. Uh, and I'll talk to you soon about the round.